Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Less than about one minute's time. 6.35 at Edmonton. I know he's a huge Henry Gross fan from back in the day. John was probably in his 60s when I saw him. Just kidding. Uh, John's going to like this next text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Farmer Ed's giving it to me. Bob, I have a problem with your assessment on what the Oilers need. Early in the season, you said they needed a goalie and a right shot defenseman. You now say we need a big forward. Defense starts with goalie. Sure, Skinner's playing well, but they have no backup. If the Oilers are serious about a playoff run, they need another steady goalie to back up Skinner. And if there's money left, a big stay-at-home defenseman would help before forward. Thanks from Farmer Ed. All right, Farmer Ed, here's my counter to that. They're going to get a goalie. They will get another goalie. That's a given. Let's establish that. I'd be stunned if they didn't have another goalie. Uh, I think the defense has played pretty well and looked different under Paul Coffey. Certainly the transition game's better. Zone defense better. Middle of the ice and the breakouts look better. And to me, I think they need one more forward. But I appreciate you keeping me honest. Our next guest does that as well. For legacy heating and cooling, uh, as I mentioned, the biggest Henry Gross fan out. No, not really. We also often play Dave Mason's. We just disagree sometimes when he comes aboard. Uh, and speaking of legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. If that's a bill of legacy, legacy heating and cooling, it is John Shannon, our NHL insider. Hello, John. How are you? Isn't that song about a dog? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the message, Bob. Don't worry. I get the message. Yes. Uh, well, you know, at least you're on the show. I'm still waiting. You know, it's funny. I used to be on your, you, when you used to do the Saturday show with Rob, the hockey, yeah. was it Hockey Night in Canada radio that you got? You used to have yeah. me on that all the time. Yeah, I'm still we, waiting for my, uh, my invite on, on your podcast, and I have a feeling it's never coming because after about five years, even though we cross promote it, and you got a great podcast, what's it called again? It's called the Bob Account Podcast. The Bob McCowan Bob, Bob podcast with only one Bob allowed. So there you go. You're you're uh, yeah, like number Bob, one in Tahiti or You are. Yeah, we're always number one uh, in the United Arab Emirates. I think we're always number one there, or uh, on some island just off of South America. Well, I think we're both going to get concerned if you or me end up number one in Saudi Arabia. But that's a story for another time, another place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, look, you have really good sources in the league. I got to tell you, we heard Connor McDavid's comments last night. I know you've, you know, we've rerun them a couple times on today's show. I get why they put video review, and I think it's, you know, what it totally makes sense to eliminate the obvious mistakes. The stuff it's getting pretty close sometimes. I tend. By the way, if you listen to our broadcast, and I know you did last night, thank you for your consultation on that. Uh, you know, I believe the goal was coming off the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a different reason than other people. But anyhow, what's your take of what went down last night? And does the process take too long, John? Well, the process did take too long last night. Um, you know, and I'm going to say this and maybe have a few people at the NHL mad at me, but they really miss Mike Murphy. 
who retired last year, who uh, was the really uh, the, the biggest driving force within the video review process. Uh, and had it down to a science. Uh, what I find with Mike not there, they're not near as uh, efficient with their time. I think Mike, as a former player and a former coach, understood uh, exactly what it took uh, and what it takes out of the out of the building, out of the teams when you have such a delay like that. Uh, but I will tell you right now, um, video review has been around for a long time. I mean, the original one was goals, and that was in 1992. Uh, and I was part of the league process when they decided to expand video review uh, in, uh, in, in the mid to late 2006 or seven or in, in around there. Uh, and, and as I heard, and I heard Elliot talk about it when he was talking to Colin Campbell, both Colin Campbell and Gary Bettman warned the managers at the time that if you want to expand this, it is going to have consequences. And what we saw last night uh, was that consequence, which is that if you have a time limit on something, what if it only took 15 more seconds to get it right? Uh, And that becomes the problem. You have to be all in on video review or you have to be all out on video review. Okay. So what do you say to Connor's response that it's like you're, you know, you're you're going over it and over it and over it and, you know, zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and finding a way. Mm-hmm. How would you respond a lot? First of all, I, I want to commend Connor for having the guts to say what he said. There were lots of people over the years that were uh, great players in this game that never had uh, an opinion as straightforward as Connor's. And I think it's great that we're hearing it from the best player in the game. I think that's important. And I think that carries weight uh, for the NHL, which is a good thing for Connor. And I, by the way, I also think it's a good thing that Connor said it in a game that the Oilers won. You know, that, 100%. that's important. If, if Connor had said it, if the, if the Oilers had lost 2-1, to one, then it would have looked like he's whining. This way it looks like he's being objective and fair, and I think that's important. And constructive. And constructive, absolutely. But but what I would say to Connor is, listen, it, it, it can't be perfect, but they are trying to be perfect, and perfection takes time. Uh, and he, everything he said made sense, Bob. It made sense, but there is still always going to be that one or two mistakes in a, in a thousand, that, like we saw last night, that I, I believe, um, you, you know, will always you know, raise its ugly head. Uh, Connor's talk about control and possession, that was the part I, I truly believed, and I told people within the Oilers organization today, uh, that I think that, that Leon did have control. And I, th- I don't think that, that the people within the, in the, the situation room understand that Leon Dreisaitl is so good with his skates and he, 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 that he actually had possession by the time that he and the puck crossed, yes. the, crossed the blue line. And that, to me, says... So who's all in there? Which, wh- all right. Are, are there... Which former managers or players are in that situation room? Uh, on a, I, I don't know anymore. I'm not as close to it as I once was. Uh, but Chris King uh, runs a great deal of the operation, a, a former player who does a magnificent job on, on lots of things. Rod Pasma, Kay Whitmore. Um, there, Those are the three people that I'm still aware of that are in there. I'm not aware of anybody else. There's also still a referee 
on a regular basis in there, whether it's a Billy McCreary or a Rob Schick. Uh, the deal with uh, with what goes on with talking to the on ice officials. So there there's a group of really smart hockey guys just trying to get it perfect. And you know as well as I do, Bob, you will never get it perfect. No. By the way, yes, for Wallstad is starting tonight for the Minnesota Wild in uh, Dallas. Mark Andre yeah. Fleury's backing up. Wallstat was the player the Oilers passed on um, when they ultimately elected to trade down. Uh, Wallstat represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson, who also had goaltender Sebastian Kosa that year. And the Oilers selected Xavier Borgo, who has had a underwhelming season this year in the minors for the Bakersfield Condors. Lavoie has taken a step forward. So, you know, Broberg has been, as you know, John, very good uh, when they've played because they haven't played a lot of games, but he's... uh, I look at Broberg, Holloway, and Lavoie and think, you know, looking at the Oilers lineup, they probably are... They need to be on Edmonton's team next year. I think that's kind of a given. Um... So I'm going to be really intrigued to see where that goes because we're going to talk about the trade deadline now at this time. It's weeks away. Uh, do we concede it's inevitable they'll get a backup goaltender? How about two months away? It's seven weeks away. Okay, seven weeks. So at the first week, we're still in the first week in January, aren't we? I guess we're yep, not, really. Yep, yep, but now okay. is when you start. All the teams in the league are going to We had Ken Holland on yesterday. All the teams yeah. in the league are going to have their pro scouting meetings in the next couple of weeks. Brad Holland's with the Oilers here in Detroit as we speak. Um, so put your GM hats on, your GM hat on for a second. Um if you're Edmonton, and I think we can see that they're going to get another goaltender, I think that's a given, right? At some point, I think they. Cer- I think they certainly have to look at that, and that's not a knock at Calvin Pickard. No, he's been a great organizational number three goalie. What do they need more? Another top six forward, or can you live with the? the and I and I say this in a night where I thought Cody Cece had a tough night last night in uh, Chicago. But can you live with the D based upon the fact over the 19, last 19 games, you got the second best goals against average in the National Hockey League? What do you think? Uh, I am concerned about depth on defense, Bob. Um, you know, I think the fact that Broberg is in Bakersfield tells us that they don't believe he's ready to play at this level. Um, you know, my expectation is this team has to, is going to. I don't believe that for a second, John. Well, that's good. Uh, that's yep, fine. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I I do think they need a depth defenseman. Uh, I I think they have to have seven NHL defensemen to, okay. to uh, in the dead at the deadline, and then I think they probably need eight or nine to go deep into the playoffs. And my expectation is this team does go deep in the playoffs. Uh, I also think that uh, I, I I do think they need a forward. Whether it's a top six forward, because you're, what you're basically saying there is you need to find somebody that's better either than Ryan McLeod or Warren Fogle. Um, and do you like the chemistry that has been created with McLeod, Fogle, and Dreisaitl? Are we giving Dreisaitl enough tools in his toolbox in order to be as efficient as he can be? If not there, then you certainly, in my opinion, need... Um, you need a top nine forward, and I'm not trying to be picky, but I need. I, I think I'd like to see somebody, perhaps even a center, uh, for the third line, Bob. All right. So here's here's what I say. Let's start with Broberg. Um, 
Broberg doesn't have a place to play right now. Right, right now, Kulak is the third pairing left shot D. He's not going to play ahead of Nurse or Ekholm. I mean, Ekholm is probably their best all-around defenseman. Uh, and it makes no sense for He needs to play. But I don't think there's going to be any hesitation if there's an injury. He'd be called up and he'd be playing right away. If you're making the argument they need to go get a seventh defenseman like Jacob Benya to sit there and be available so they're not rotating guys like Gleason and now Kemp, that's a fair argument to make. But I do believe if there was an injury, it would be Broberg that would be up and playing immediately. So I guess the question question comes down to, you know, Third line center versus second, for me, second line right wing. Because between Kane or McLeod, one of those guys can play second line left wing. If it's Kane, then McLeod's the third line center. Yeah, I, and I, you know, because it's funny, I, I do think one of the issues with the Oilers right now is that you're basically playing two centers on the wing. When you think about Nugent Hopkins and McLeod both playing the wing yeah. on 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 the first two lines, but that's why I'm thinking I'm wondering if that that extra forward. And the other thing is I I, I wonder, uh, and you're closer to it than I am. Uh, does it make sense to find a winger that allows Evander Kane to get healthy? Because we he, he's not a hundred percent, and no. you need Evander Kane healthy and a hundred percent before you get to the postseason. Well, there be there be people right now saying the Oilers should just sit Kane down for the rest of the season, put him on LTIR, use the cap space, go get another player because that's what Kelly McCrimmon in Vegas did last year with Mark Stone. Little you have to prove that the players that significantly hurt as well. Final one for you, and I know you love to chide me over my passion for Alabama football. Yeah, the number one sports story in the U.S. by a mile is the uh, fact that the news broke out today that uh, Nick Saban is retiring at 72. Uh, what, he, what he meant to that school and the amount of money that he brought in, uh, it's incredible, the numbers, when you take a look at it. What's your overall, you know, what's your overall assessment of him? Is he Nick Satan or is he, in fact, one of the greatest uh, football, or, you know, I, I'd assert to you, I mean, you watch today, and basically anybody that covers the sports down in the States says he's the greatest college football coach of all time. Oh, I think he has to be in that conversation for sure. Here's the here's the one thing, and I, I, I'm 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 really down on U.S. college football right now, Bob. I'm really disappointed in it um, because of the transfer portal and because of what is happening of, uh, of of you know the amount of ability to transfer. Look what look what you know uh, happened in Colorado with all the transfers that end up going there. Yep. I think I think Nick Saban saw that writing on the wall too. And he was he he, he didn't he, that's not the college football that he liked, you know he he liked the old style of going to recruit and then you got a guy on scholarship and he stayed with you, uh, and you know there's a, there's a, there's something to be said for tradition of how things work and I think Nick Saban was really smart in staying as long as he did win six national champions leave on his terms and not get involved in the messiness that is U.S. college football right now. Great stuff, John. Thanks for your time. Cheers.
Cheers, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. They've got 14 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer, uh, one in Saskatoon, one in Regina. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation at Royal Pizza Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan Escott likes the text. And when we come back this day in Oilers history, it's a memorable one for a current member of the Detroit Red Wings staff. This is Oilers Now. It's 651 in Edmonton. We go to Listy and Oilers history for New West Travel. For everybody that's making their way out to Montreal for Friday on the Oilers Now second road trip. Safe travels. Looking forward to seeing you Friday and Saturday in the beautiful city that is Montreal, Quebec. In the meantime and in between time, to paraphrase the late, great Ed Whalen, you can join an exclusive four-night road trip to Dallas to see the Oilers play the Stars in April. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to 2006. Here's Brandon Escott. Sean Horkoff recording his first career hat trick as the Oilers beat the Penguins 3-1 to at Mellon Arena. You Lucy Markkinen in goal for the Oilers, helping hold a 19-year-old Sidney Crosby pointless. Michelle Terrian with one of the greatest rants of all time. I think they do not care. That is how they play. After the Oilers won that game 3-1 and the Oilers ended up in the Stanley Cup final that year, that would be Horkoff's only NHL career hat-trick. Uh, yeah, he finished with 73 points that season at a great campaign. Tomorrow... Ron McLean from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Century Casino Edmonton. Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. And a preview of the Oilers against the Red Wings. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Thomas Dias. Uh, followed by Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So long, everybody, from Detroit Rock City.